Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. Hey, we're starting a series this week called Non-Negotiables. Non-Negotiables. This is, these are the things that it's like, hey, this is the way it is. We're not, we're not gonna move to the left, we're not moving to the right. This is the way it is. Now, when it comes to Christianity, there are some things that, hey, this is the way it is, and, and it doesn't, it, there is, really isn't wiggle room on this. There really isn't wiggle room. But then there's other things that's like, yeah, you know, I don't know exactly how old Jesus was when he said that. I'm not exactly sure, and if you want to, I don't think it really matters either, but anyways. But there's some things that it's like, no, this is what it's going to be. I know that these are things that we need to, and I'd almost say it, say it this way, that they're fundamental, that this is the foundation that we build on that we build Christianity on or on these truths. That as Christians, if we get this wrong, then it doesn't matter if we have a compass because, which is the word of God, it doesn't matter. If we, if we get these foundations wrong, whatever we're gonna try to build on it is gonna fall. If the foundation is bad, whatever you build is gonna, it's gonna go down. It's gonna go down. A compass, you can know which way north is, but if you look at a map and you don't know which way north is on the map, you're gonna be messed up. You have to know what that is. So there's certain things that are non-negotiable. For instance, if you're, for, I say this is for Becca and I, where we would, uh, as we're thinking about our next vehicle, there's a couple of things that are non-negotiables when it comes to our vehicle. Number one is it will not be a minivan. That's just like, there it is, it will not be a minivan. Number two is it will be four-wheel drive. We are tired of getting stuck in parking lots. Oh my goodness, and I, and I mean that. We've gotten stuck in plowed parking lots. It's, it's, it, it's, it's insane. Absolutely awful. So we have a couple things. We're like, hey, this, we absolutely know this is non-negotiable. And what we're gonna talk about here are some things that when it comes to Christianity, that the Bible says, that these are fundamental, this is a, these are non-negotiables, non-negotiables. When somebody comes up to me and they say, hey, um, we're, we're about to move or I'm going to college over here and, and uh, I don't, what should I be looking for in a church? This is the list that, that, I, that we go to. Because ch- churches will always be different and they're gonna appeal to different people and that's wonderful. If every church was the exact same and just like us, then the people who don't like coming here, which I don't know why, but if they don't and they don't feel like they fit here, they wouldn't have somebody else, somewhere else to go. So they're not all supposed to be the exact same. But there are some things that need to be the same. One church might emphasize faith. Another church might emphasize missions. Another church might be, they're just really known for their kids and what, what's happening here and, and the different, different parts. But all in all, it all comes back to these things. And I tell somebody, somebody says, you're gonna go, you wanna know about a church? You check these things first. And then you say, okay, what are you emphasizing and what are these different things? Because this is what we need to make sure that we are getting right. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter six. Hebrews chapter six. And it says this, and right, right in verse one. It says, therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation. Again, it's another way of saying the, this is, these are the non-negotiables. This is what we build on. 
These are things, this is not up for debate. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and faith in God, instruction about baptisms. In your Bible there, this is the only, my only problem with app, Bible apps is I can't underline singular words or little parts of the word, but if you can, in your app or on your Bible, underline the S in baptism there. And then we'll get back to that later. The laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Verse three, and God permitting, we will do so. It's implied that we have to get this right before we can go on. Because in God permitting, we're gonna move on from this. Don't wanna lay again the foundation. Don't wanna have to lay this again. It's so important that we get this right. So we're gonna start tonight and we're gonna talk about repentance. We're gonna talk about repentance. See, Matthew 4, 17 talks about Jesus and says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. He began to preach, repent. But understand this, in order to, I'm dropping things, in order to repent, you have to admit you did something wrong in the first place. In order to repent, you have to admit, and now, I know this kind of seems like, well, duh, but understand this, salvation is not, it is so much more than a get out of hell free card. It's not like, a, oh yeah, I can say this, I can do this here, and then when I die, I can go to heaven, done. No, it is repentance, saying I need a savior. I understand that. I wanna, I wanna turn from some things and I'm gonna turn to some things. I'm gonna turn to someone. Repentance means that we admit that we need saving. And there's, I think as a society as a whole, we've gotten really good at dodging the bullet when it comes to like admitting that we get it wrong. Like, I mean, really, really good. Like, it's not just politicians that are good at this anymore. But it's just, it's just like, they said a politician could be really slippery and they dodge and slide around things. I think as a whole, we've gotten pretty stinking good at this. And uh, here's a couple of apologies that I thought were really good at uh, dodging some things. One was this, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like, yeah, 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 you're not sorry. You're sorry that I, anyways, here's another one. I'm sorry for the mean, accurate things I said about you. Wait a second. In other words, um, sorry I was talking while you were interrupting. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, here's another one. Sorry you confused my plane hard to get with general, uh, excuse me, with general disinterest. That was awesome. Another one. I'm sorry you overreacted. <laughs> nice. And then I, I love this one. This one, this one Becca uses all the time, and it's this one. I'm sorry the middle of my sentence interrupted the beginning of yours. <laughs> I'm horrible at interrupting. She's like, can I finish? And she says that one. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. I talk. I don't know if you ever realize that, but I, I, I do talk a little bit. But repentance is really, it's humbling ourselves. Not putting the blame on somebody else, not something around us, but saying, okay, I'm humbling myself. I need a savior. I need a savior. It's humbling ourselves. And when we humble ourselves, 
and say that what, you know, I was wrong. It opens the door for forgiveness, it opens the door for healing, and it opens the door to God's grace in our life. See, we live in a world that wants grace. It, and it talks about how much grace. Well, isn't God, God's a God of grace? And isn't this okay? Well, what about his grace? And there's so much grace and grace and grace and grace, 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 grace. But we, we don't get to experience God's grace unless we humble ourselves through repentance. See, grace comes with truth. Truth and grace come together. They are a package deal. The grace that the world wants to experience, it never can and it never will until it accepts the truth that comes from God. It says this in John chapter 1, verse 14, talking about grace and truth and how they come together. It says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, this is talking about Jesus, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. They came together because they belong together because we will never experience God's grace unless we align ourselves up with truth. We will not experience it. John chapter one, verse 17. For the law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. They come together. It's only after we recognize and accept the truth that comes through God that we can experience his grace. The grace that the world wants is available. But again, this is, this is what repentance is. It's, it's admitting that I need a savior. I, why? Because of the wrong that I've, that I've done. I cannot do this on my own. Not only can I not do it on my own, but I've done it wrong by myself. I've screwed this up. I've done a royally, royally bad job. It just wasn't bad. It was awful. It was awful. I've, I've messed it up. I've done it all wrong. I used to install carpet. And every now and then I'd get, I'd get uh, somebody who, who calls and they're like, hey, can you do a carpet job for us? I'm like, yeah, I, of course. Do you pay me? Yeah, that's what, that's what I do. Why are you calling? And they're like, oh, well, um, here, here's the deal. I've got this room over here and it's really small. And, and how much do you charge? And, and you can tell they're trying to save as much money as they can or maybe they don't have a whole lot here or they, they don't want to put a lot into this. And it's like, well, what can I do to get the price down? Because I tell them how much it is. And they're like, oh, that's a lot of money. I'm like, yeah, if you can do it by yourself, you wouldn't pay me, but you can't. So you need to pay me. I'm like, come on. Or somebody else and we all charge about the same. And you'd get the person who say, well, can I, can I do some stuff to help? And I'm like, no, 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 no. And I told them, I said, if you help, I will charge you more because you will do it wrong. You will do it. Well, no, I can put those, you, you use those little strips and there's those tack strips around the edge of the, of the rooms. And I'm like, yes, but if you put them down, I will charge you more. Well, well what if I put the pad down for you? Because we already have the pad here. Yes, I need to put the pad down, but if you do it, I will charge you more. Because every time somebody else does it, they do it wrong. Every time the tax strips are all turned around the other way and they're like, I didn't know there was a way you're supposed to turn them. I'm like, that's why I asked you not to do it. 
And then they get the pad, and the pad's running the wrong direction. Then I'm moving the carpet around, and the pad's rolling up underneath the carpet while I'm moving the carpet. And then I got to pick up the carpet, crawl underneath it, and try to put it back down. And I'm nailing it. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Have you ever crawled underneath carpet? And it's got all that nasty, the hard back carpet. And it's rubbing me like, oh my, and I'm trying to shove things down here. And then there's another nail that they didn't clean up that's underneath there. And now they come in here and they say, hey, there's a bubble under the carpet. And how's that there? I'm like, because you put the pad down. So I'm like, I charge more if you've done it yourself. But it's really, it's coming to the realization that I can't do this by myself, that we mess this up when we do this on our own, that our attempts to do it right will always fall short. That, it, that we need a savior to repent and say, what I did, I wanna turn away from. It's not just that it wasn't good enough, it's that it was awful. It was bad, it was wrong, and I need a savior. It's coming to that. That we allow that truth to come into our lives that we can experience God's grace. But not until we do that can we. John 8, 31 says this. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you're truly my disciples. Verse 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's knowing the truth. It's the truth of God's word that sets us free to experience his grace. The grace, the forgiveness that the world wants is available, but it's found after we accept truth. And a world that wants to completely deny truth will not get to experience the grace that God has for us. It's saying, I want that grace. John chapter 14, verse six, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Truth sets us free to experience God's grace. It sets us free. Truth, the way that the, way that the world sells truth and absolutes as it is something that binds, restricts, and makes not fun. You, you don't want to have that, but the truth, but it does the exact the truth does the exact opposite, is it sets us free. It sets us free to experience the grace of God in our lives. John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says this. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We experience, what do we experience? We experience his forgiveness because we confess our sins. Because we accept the truth. We say, God, I was wrong. I've, I've ended up here. I'm here again. I don't want to be here any longer. I, I need to get out of this. I need to get further from this. That's what sets us free to experience the freedom that comes in God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, again, talking more about this, says this. See, Let's just read it. Verse nine. This then is how we should pray. Most of us are familiar with this. This is the Lord's Prayer. And it says this, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Even this, it's, hey, it's forgive us. It's, it's this admittance of needing a savior, it's a repenting, saying I don't wanna do this 
anymore. I don't want to do this. This all comes when we accept the truth that comes from God's word. We say, okay, I want, I want his grace. I want his forgiveness. I want his peace in my life. And that comes after repentance. James 5, verse 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So there's three things that come when we accept the truth that's found in God's word. Three things that come through repentance. It's access to grace, forgiveness of sins, and healing. And healing. As John 14, 6, excuse me, John 1 John 1, 9 says, confess your sins to God and he forgives us. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Repentance is so important. It's aligning ourselves, admitting that what we have done is wrong. It's, return, it's turning from our past. And it's, it's not reconciling everything that we've ever done wrong. It's not like, okay, you have to make a list of everything you've ever done, and if you ever forget something that you, didn't, that you did but you don't remember that you did, well, then you're in trouble because you didn't remember it. And you're like, oh, no, how am I supposed to do this? No. Am I telling you you have to go and run to every single person that you ever did wrong and, and tell them about it? No. But if, if, if you feel that God's telling you, hey, the Holy Spirit's guiding you to go say something to this person, by all means, go, go and do that for sure. But say, okay, God, I want to live in everything that you have for me. I want that, and it's letting go. It's trusting him. Saying, I need, I want to be forgiven of this. I realize that it was wrong, and I'm gonna turn my back on it. I'm turning my back on this. I realize that it's wrong. I accept your standard in my life, and I'm gonna turn away from it. Proverbs says this, because whenever, whenever we talk about this, some people think, well, is it, I, I've made this mistake, and then I've made it again, or I haven't been able to break away from this. And Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16 says this, for though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again, but the wicked are brought down by calamity. You know this, God has not called us to a life of perfection. He knows that we couldn't do it, and that's why he had to send Jesus. He knows that we couldn't do it. But instead, we strive doing our very best, and when we fall, we don't stay there. We get back up, and we say, God, I'm gonna rely on you. Forgive me where I have fallen short. I thank you for your son that's paid the price for me that I couldn't pay, and now I'm gonna do my best to continue on. The mistake that we make is when we fall and we say, oh no, I did it again, and I'm, I'm here, and we don't get back up. We say, I'm just gonna stay here. I'm just gonna stay here. Why? Well, because I made a mistake. Instead of getting up and saying, okay, God, help me. I wanna move on from this. I want, to get, I want to go past this. I think that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, I'm going to lean on you and you're going to help me to get through this. I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You've given me everything that I need for life and godliness as I rely on you. I realize your word says there's no temptation that comes to man, but that you do not give us a way out, that it would not overtake any of us. So I thank you, God, that I can overcome this and I am going to overcome this and I am going to get to the other side of it. And moving on through it and it's not staying down. This is not a call to, to live perfectly. But let's do our best. Paul says, follow my example as I follow Christ. Christ lived perfectly. He's, he's the one that did it. So we say, okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do my best. I'm not gonna say it's a cop-out to just 
live the way that I want. I'm going to do my very best. And then receive the forgiveness that comes from God. I think it's just a huge part of repentance. Is then saying, you know what? I am forgiven. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to let others, I'm not going to let myself, the devil or my thoughts or whatever, hold my past over my head. I'm not going to do that anymore. There's two reasons why this is so important. One is that is how God forgives us. We're going to look at that in just a second. That's how he forgives us. As he removes it as far, our, our sin as far as the east is from the west, the Bible says. He gets rid of it. And then the Bible says that we are to forgive the same way that Christ forgave us. Which means we need to know how he's forgiven us so that we then forgive others that exact same way. We don't hold it over our own heads. We don't hold it over other people's heads. So here we go. When it comes to repentance, forgiveness and realizing how God forgives us is huge so that one, we know and we don't let anybody else or anything else hold our past over our heads and so that we can then show that same forgiveness to others. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. This is us saying, okay, the way he forgives us, that's how we need to do it. 2 Corinthians 5.19, that God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. Not counting men's sins. He doesn't hold it over our heads. He doesn't say, oh, yeah, you did this. Oh, yeah, this happened and that happened and this happened and the next thing happened. And you remember that? You remember this over here? I'm really lucky. I don't, I, I think it's lucky. I don't remember a lot of the stuff that, well, it's both ways. The people do wrong to me and that I do wrong to other people. I don't really remember a lot of them. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that, that detail guy that remembers every single word. Maybe you are where you can finish a conversation. And you're like, well, remember you said this and you said it in this tone and you were standing over here and you were wearing that shirt and you were doing this and that. That's not me. Like, so, so for me, this is, this is easy. The whole not holding it against him, I'm like, really? We, what were we arguing about? Like, I don't even remember. I don't. But I know there's some that it's not so easy, that they remember every single thing and that those words that they said and this, that, and I'm like, I remember exactly what that was. Maybe some, I've talked to some couples and he's like, I, she remembers everything. Everything I've ever done wrong, every word, it's all there. She's, she's got it and she can pull it back up like in the moment's notice. Luckily, I don't have to struggle with that, but we need to know this about God, that that's not him. He's not pulling that back up going, oh, hey, by the way, remember this. When we ask for forgiveness, it's gone. He moves on and we need to as well. And not say, oh, well, remember this, and this is what I was. But we say, okay, you know what? I'm going to set up some, some safety nets to, not, to make sure I don't, that don't allow that to happen again. But I've been forgiven from that. I'm not going to identify myself as that any longer. I'm not going to do that. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to identify myself as what I once was. But instead, I'm moving on to what. God has for me. And then that, then that means that we forgive that same way. It's not remembering everything or, or hauling it back up because it's convenient. Oh yeah, well remember this? 
And they're like, yeah, well, that means that, no. They said, okay, I'm gonna forgive the same way that Christ has forgiven us. Matthew 6, how important is this? Is Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sin. I'm gonna read that again. Matthew 6, 14, it's on the screen. If you don't have your Bible, read this with me. It says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Here's, here's what this is saying. What God is doing for us is so big. He says, I, he, he, he cannot help but give us this great gift. And now that he's given it to us, when we refuse to forgive that same way, he says, I will not forgive you. You're not worthy of the gift I have offered you if you will not do that to somebody else. Because there's nothing that we have done that deserved it in any way, shape, or form. There's nothing. Maybe you're familiar with the story. Parable of a man that owed a ruler a whole ton, ton of money. Too much he never could have paid it back. But he begged and pleaded with the ruler. And the ruler said, okay, I, I tell you what, I'll, I'll forgive all of it. You're forgiven. And he left. And as he left, he went and he found somebody else. He came across somebody else who owed him some money. And it was not much. But he demanded that this man pay him back. And when the man wouldn't pay him back, he had him thrown in prison. When the ruler found out what had happened, he called me and said, I had such mercy on you. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow slave? You didn't. I tell you what, throw you in prison. It is so important that when, we, when it comes to forgiveness, that we learn, that we know how Christ forgives us, and that we then do that for those that are around us. And here's what I know. Forgiveness isn't something you do once and then it never comes back. You're like, okay, I'll, I'll make that decision. I'll make that decision because we could do that. We could, we could all stand up and say, I choose to forgive and in our, in our hearts and our minds or we could yell it out loud or we could write it down and then burn it or we could put it in chalk and then let it go away or you could write it in the sand and let waves go up and the person's name disappears and you're like, that took it away. But here's what I know will happen. They're gonna come back in your life, they're gonna say something, this next thing will happen and it's gonna pop right back up. Forgiveness is something that we choose to do when the Bible says that he chooses not to hold our sins against us. It's the exact, I think it's the same for you and I. That when that comes back up, an opportunity comes back up for us to use it, we could say it, it would just hit that perfect button. You know what I mean? Well, remember when, we're like, this would win. I'd win the argument, everything. This, this would take care of all of it if I would just say this one thing. But it's choosing not to. And saying, I'm gonna forgive you. Just, just plain and simple, we already dealt with it. I've chosen, I've forgiven you. I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna completely let it go. I'm not gonna use this against you. And that's gonna happen. And if you've got one of those memories where you just remember all that stuff, it's really easy for you and you're just like, oh yeah, I remember this hurt and this pain and it, it's there, then it's gonna be harder for you. It really is. You're gonna have to work at it. There's certain things that you'll, you struggle with. We all have different struggles. Some of you are tempted to do things that I'm not tempted to do. I'm, I'm just not tempted to do some of the things that you are. I'm not tempted to rob banks. There are other people that are. I, I, I'm not. 
It's just, it's, just, it's just different. But we need to know this is how God has forgiven us. It doesn't matter what it is that we've done. The nasty thoughts, the things, the stuff, the desires, all that stuff. God knows. Here's the amazing thing. About God knows everything about us. The very worst. And yet he still chooses to love us. And all of that junk and the mistakes and the mishaps and the things that we've said and all that, he not only knows it, but is willing that if we'll just ask, he will throw it all away and let us start brand new with him. Completely brand new with him if we'll just ask. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from, the Bible says, all unrighteousness. That all word, it means all. All of it. That's how he's forgiven us. Oh, what a great love it is. He says, then, now for us, he says, we need to show that same forgiveness. But it starts with repenting. Realizing that we need a savior, that we need him, that we cannot do it, that we screwed it up so much. We didn't help him out. That we were unsavable on our own but that he sent his son to pay the price that we couldn't pay so that we could be free. And that's freedom now. That's not just going to heaven, although how great that will be with him, but it's living life to the fullest right now. And that great forgiveness that we have experienced, we need to show to other people. We cannot just receive it and say, it's for me, if I refuse to show it to anyone else. We then need to live that out in our lives and it's something that we have to do daily. We choose to forgive the way that Jesus forgave us. I say, I'm not gonna hold on to this. I'm gonna let it go. I'm not gonna hold it over their head. I'm gonna forgive them. When it comes back up, no, I already decided I forgave them, so I choose to forgive them and to not use that again, and we knock it out, we push it away, we say, no, not, not, not today. No, I'm, I'm walking in forgiveness. We're gonna move on from here. Yep, I am out of time. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? You know, before we leave, I wanna make sure that every single person knows, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you're on your way to heaven. I wanna make sure that every single person has experienced that forgiveness that comes through Jesus. That every single person knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven, that you are completely forgiven, that you've, he, he can take away the shame from that past and begin to walk in the peace that comes only through a relationship with God. If you've never made that decision before, or if you say, you know what? There was a time that yes, I was saved and I know I was on my way to heaven. I was living for God, but I've walked I've run away from it. I've turned my back on him and I'm doing things that I know I shouldn't be doing. I'm living ways that I know I shouldn't be living and he's, he's been calling me back and I, and I want to come back to him. You can leave here knowing that you are forgiven and that you are on your way to heaven. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus died on the cross, we will be saved. So we can pray and you can know you're on your way to heaven and if you're coming back, the Bible says confess if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. He knows we're not perfect. 
want to do our best to live for him. So if that's you, if you're either one of those, then I want to pray with you and you can leave here knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven. So on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up high. None of this halfway stuff. If you want to do this, if tonight is your night, if you want to do this, it, tonight can be your night and you just need to just lift your hand high at the count of three and we're going to pray and when we leave here tonight, you're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven. You're going to, you can be set free from the shame and the guilt of your past and begin to experience the peace that comes only through him. Get ready to lift your hand, lift it up high. One, lift it up really high. Two, it's already going up. Three, shoot him up high. Say, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, thank you. Awesome. Anybody else? Shoot up real high. Awesome. Okay, let's put those hands down. Would everybody in here, let's just repeat. Would you, would you pray with us as we pray with those that lifted their hands? Repeat this after me. And those that lifted their hands, just as we pray this, Take these words and make them your own and pray this from your heart. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me and make me new. I'm sorry for the wrong that I've done. I believe that Jesus came, that he died, and he rose again. From now on, I'm gonna live for you. Come rule and reign in my life. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I will live for you. Come on, amen. Give them a hand. For more information about Res Life, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about Res Life or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616-534-4923.